Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update, hour number three. Next hour, we got uh, George Kurtz remaining. Camp Stewart joins him. Weekend wages going to help you make some money this weekend. With DFS action, I'm sure, George, right? But of course, we're talking DFS, we're mm-hmm. talking the games today, straight up betting. Probably mm-hmm. talk a little bit about the Derby as well. We, uh, I'm looking at the site now to see the favorite looks to be Josh Bell and Christian Yelich on the site I'm on here. So mm-hmm, they're both mm-hmm. plus 300 each. Uh, people, people, Listen, people will have their favorites. I don't know if I'll bet on the Derby itself. To be honest with you, Joe, I am really hoping the uh, at the hockey rink my boss asked me to ref these nights because this way I don't have to stay home <laughs> and watch these things. Uh, Give an excuse the home run to derby, miss it, I would, right? <laughs> I, 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 would, I would record the home run derby. I won't record the all-star game, and but just, I would record yeah, the home yeah, run yeah. derby. It's like a fast mm-hmm. food with all the crap, and you know you get done with a three-hour show in I don't know half an hour. I would do that, mm-hmm. but uh, I guess if I was going to pick somebody, uh, you know what? I might go Alonzo. I just might go Alonzo, but uh, Vladimir Guerrero is right there with him. Yeah, uh, at, in the last segment, in the back of my head, I thought Alonzo as well. But when you mentioned the name Yelich, I figured him as well. Uh, but I don't think Yelich is built I, for I, it I, though. Yeah. I think he needed to be a big burly guy to you know, withstand all the riggers and swinging the ball, swinging so hard so many times here. That's why. That's why Guerrero. The more and more I think about it, Josh Bell too. I can I can see why these guys are favorites. Yeah. If I had him put put money on it though, I'd go with your first, which you said uh, originally Alonzo. So we'll we'll see we'll see. Um, all right. So. Uh, Let's do a little more baseball, then we'll switch back to fantasy football. Let's uh, take a look at some uh, second-half options for uh, fantasy baseball. And, hey, th- look, you know, this is the time of year within the next week or so uh, where, you know, attention's going to be uh, on fantasy football and in your leagues. You know, if you keep on <laughs> working the waiver wire and whatnot, uh, believe me, it'll be beneficial to you. So uh, I'll mention uh, Dinelson uh, Lamette, the uh, Padres uh, pitcher who just uh, made his debut the other night. Uh, he had uh, Tommy John surgery. Uh, guy, basically a strikeout guy uh, who has had some issues with the control in the past. Uh, in his first start uh, this season, pitched five innings, seven Ks, gave up three runs. Uh, any interest in picking up uh, Dinelson Lamette at this stage? Uh, did we lose uh, George? Um, How can you lose me? You can never lose me. Uh, <laughs> as far as Lamette is concerned, I mean, am I interested in picking him up? Probably not. I mean, he had a solid, he had an okay first starts kind of TJ surgery, uh, three runs, mm-hmm. five innings, seven strikeouts. So uh, we don't just strike out guy here. Um, I mean, listen, odds are I'll put a bid in for him in my leagues, but nothing heavy. Mm-hmm. Just enough to keep people honest. Right. I don't. I want to make sure he doesn't, he doesn't go for a buck or two, that sort of thing. Right, just keep right. people honest, making sure they're uh, bidding a uh, decent amount for him. But uh, I don't think he's going to be a guy going to win you a fantasy championship. Uh, he mm-hmm. is a, uh, a good prospect. But I think they're going to be very careful with them also. They're not going to let him go, you know, throw 110 pitches. They're not going to throw eight, nine innings. They're going to be very careful with how they use him here. So well, I'm going to keep that in mind here. I will bid on him, Joe, but it'll be a, uh, a keep-you-honest bid. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By the way, I just got a notification. Twins uh, placed first baseman C.J. Crone, Crone on the uh, yeah on the IL thumb injury. So uh, there you go. Um, That's something we uh, need to mention here. But it is the All Star break. You sort of hinted at mm-hmm. it earlier. You're going to see players placed on the IL now, and you're going to see uh, mm-hmm. younger players sent down to uh, AAA. Uh, McKay mm-hmm. was sent down to AAA. This doesn't mean anything. Okay, they they don't need him. He pitched Friday. He wasn't going to pitch to the Today, not going to pitch tomorrow, and then they won't use mm-hmm. him as one of their top stars coming out of the break. So they can uh, send him down with AAA, get him some work down there, and then they'll recall him when they need him for, uh, as their fifth star. That's what they'll do. McKay will right. be back, and there'll be other guys mm-hmm. who uh, this is done as well. It wouldn't shock me if Dylan Cease ends up going down, and then uh, it's called mm-hmm. back up once they need somebody. So fantasy owners should not panic and release these guys. If you think they're going to contribute, if you think these kind of guys are going to help you in the second half, do not release them. They will be back. Mm-hmm. Remember, as I mentioned, next week for the majority of teams is only a three-game week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, with the exception of the Houston Astros and Texas Rangers. They'll have four. Mm-hmm. So uh, no team needs a fourth, uh, except for those two teams. Most teams don't need a fourth starter, more or less a fifth starter. So they'll come back after that. Now, one thing that might you might want to think about with McKay is that his first thought when coming back will be against the Yankees and Yankee Stadium. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Tampa, I don't, I don't know who they open up out of the break, but uh, the next full week they have a four-game series at Yankee Stadium. So I assume he's pitching in one of those games there uh, against the Yankees there. So keep that in mind. Don't panic about these guys being sent down. The IL, more concerning, especially with a thumb injury to Crone. I, I watched that game. I didn't see him get hurt. Uh, annoying. Mm-hmm. I never like guys with thumbs, hands, wrist injuries, uh, swinging that bat or anything like that. But uh, I said, don't panic so much about guys being sent down. It doesn't mean they, you know, they're terrible. They're never coming back. No, it's just clock management. It's just getting them some innings while the break is here. And they, can, they weren't going to pitch up here anyway. Uh, Caleb Smith was also recalled today by the Miami Marlins. He will start against the Atlanta Braves against Max Free. There you go. There you go. And a very good point uh, brought up by you uh, in terms of player movements that we're going to probably be seeing, you know, within the next uh, several days. Uh, Danny Salazar, I know this is a long shot, but he's actually, remember him, uh, the Indians uh, former starting pitcher. And then I I think he also got moved uh, to the their bullpen because he had some issues as well, but starting to make some rehab starts, uh, struck out five in just 1.2 innings pitch. In my opinion, for now, just basically on your watch list. No, I don't even know he's on my watch list. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what anybody's expecting out of him right now. Didn't pitch at all Strikeouts, last year. That's it. Yeah. Uh, good luck. Hey, you you want to you want to pick a good good luck to you. I, I, no one knows what, what he could be. Uh, you were correct. He was a starting pitcher, actually a very good starting pitcher at one point, and then mm-hmm. was moved to the bullpen. Didn't seem, didn't seem to be able to handle the rigors of starting. I don't know what they're going to mm-hmm. do when he comes back. Is he going to be a bullpen guy again? Is he going to be a starter? Are they going to try him? Uh, Clevenger, Kluber, assuming uh, Kluber's back by then. Uh, Bieber, could Carrasco be back? I mean, they could push him towards the starter, but mm-hmm. what are you banking on here? Uh, so Take him a while to You want to put out. him on a watch yeah. list? Fine, but good luck to you. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'm starting to get a little excited about this guy, Alex Dickerson, outfielder for the Giants. Uh, earlier this season, just 19 at-bats with the Padres, batted 158, but batting 357, hit his fourth home run in 42 at-bats last night. A uh, guy that kind of gets you know pushed aside, but uh, had some pretty good numbers in the minor leagues. Uh, 311, 371, 503, career minor league triple slash. Uh, kind of a guy maybe ride him while he's hot. I mean, uh, any interest in, in uh, Alex Dickerson? No, but you're right. He's a, he's a right guy, well, <laughs> well, hot guy. I mean, if you want to go grab him, fine. But in two weeks, you'll be moving on. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, a couple of guys that are still down in the minor leagues, but let me just throw them at you. Because uh, getting a little traction in the news. Gavin Lux, L-U-X. Uh, Dodger prospect starting to make some noise. Uh, another guy with some pretty good career minor league numbers: two ninety seven, three seventy three, four fifty six, triple slash. I know it's the PCL, but uh, he got promoted to Triple uh, A, batting five nineteen in his first twenty seven at bats. If you look at nice power speed combo, 
your concerns are, does he get enough at-bats if he even gets called up? But, you, you know, you have Corey Seager, who looks like he's going to be coming off the I.L. soon, but still an injury history. Enrique Hernandez uh, batting just two twenty two. I mean, Chris Taylor's been hot for the past month. But, hey, you never know. Uh, any thoughts on Gavin Lux? Nope. Not in a redraft league. No. He's not going to help your team this mm-hmm. year at all. Corey Seager will be back mm-hmm. shortly after the break. Uh, and they're not going to call Lux. It's just not going to happen. Maybe he gets a cup of coffee in September when the Rosses go up and the Dodgers have a 98-game lead. But uh, he's not going to help your team this year. Redra- uh, Dynasty gotta, League, Keeper League, that's completely different, but not in a right. redraft league. i got to find one or two guys that, that, that you know you think would help you. How about Luis Urias, the Padres? Uh, 322, 17 home runs, 46 ribbies, seven stolen bases in 68 games. You think he gets the call? Now, he's a player who probably should have been called up already, uh, but mm-hmm. they won't because of Ian Kinsler, which makes little sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's annoying. <laughs> mm-hmm. We know Urias is the better player. Uh, they've mm-hmm. proven that they will call up their youngsters early. I mean, they called up Tatis because the players wanted him, but they won't call mm-hmm. up Urias because of mm-hmm. Kinsler. Uh, it's annoying. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's completely annoying. If I'm a Urias owner, and I am in a league or two, uh, once again, these are Keeper League Dynasty Leagues, uh, it's frustrating because second base mm-hmm. has been a problem for me most of the year. I have somebody, and you won't call him up, and he's the better player. <laughs> it's uh, mm-hmm. Eventually, they're going to have to do what uh, well, Milwaukee did, right? Milwaukee finally said, all right, sure, we gave you multiple chances. It's not happening. Uh, here mm-hmm. is here. You know, you're, you're done. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know what they're waiting for here. Uh, I, I guess the only difference is that, once again, Milwaukee's in contention, San Diego really not, you know, and mm-hmm. I understand that. you got to play the uh, the game here. I, I get that. But, you know, Kinsley's batting 217, eight home runs, 19 RBIs, two stolen bases. I mean, that's a good <laughs> month for Kins- uh, for Yelich, all right? He's right. batting two – I mean, c- come on. Your OPS is 645 here. You made a bad signing here. All right, you mm-hmm. made a bad signing. It's time to admit you made a bad signing and move on. And we all knew you made a bad signing when you made the signing, by the way. You know, you're a two-year, $8 million contract. Uh, it's time, it's, like I said, it's time to move on here. Cut your losses. Call up uh, Urias. I think it will happen eventually. You know, I would hope right out after the All-Star break, you know, second half of the season, let's go. But uh, there's been no rumors here that they're getting ready to move on from Kinsler. We just know they should. Mm-hmm. How about uh, Ryan Mountcastle from the Orioles? Uh, 289 lifetime minor league average uh, so far this season. 304, 15 home runs, 50 ribbies, uh, can play uh, first base, the outfield. I mean, basically, the Orioles really have nothing to lose, right? I mean, they're in rebuild. Might as well see what this guy could do in the majors, no? Well, the problem is this. We all know why the Orioles aren't calling, calling him up. It's service time. Why mm-hmm. would the Orioles want to call him up? You know, I mean, it's all about that. That organization is about saving money. And Mount Castle is, once again, a prospect. Uh, I think he'll start the season next year with the team. I do. You know, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's going to be this year. Now, he can play the outfield, but he's not an outfielder. So he probably, right. you could easily make the argument that he has to do the work down there. And that'd be very true, by the way. He needs to do the work in AAA in the outfield you know, before he gets mm-hmm. called up to Baltimore. Uh, I don't think they'll play him at first base because they're not going to eat the Chris Davis contract. And Davis still has to play mm-hmm. some, I mean, even though Davis completely sucks. But uh, like I said, he's a guy who, by talent alone, sure, he's definitely one of the top 25 Orioles. <laughs> so he should be there, but they won't call him. I, I, at least I'd be surprised if they did and let that service time mm-hmm. start. They really... Financially, strategically, it doesn't make any sense. Right. But you think he's that highly thought of as prospect that they would be concerned over his uh, service time? I, I, I guess so, right? I mean, it, we're not talking Fernando Tatis here or someone mm-hmm. of that ilk where, oh, yeah, well, you got to be careful. You want to make sure you get the extra. I, listen, first of all, I think the extra year is stupid. You're worried about something six years down the line. The guy, you said he may suck. It may not matter. You may mm-hmm. sign him long term. You may sign him to one of those, uh, you know, at the year three to avoid his arbitration. You eat up a free agent year, so it never mattered anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, Baltimore's a backwards organization. They have been for a long time. You know, it's one of the reasons why they, they suffer. I mean, how is Baltimore not a better team than they are? I mean, you play in Camden Yards. <laughs> that ballpark should sell out almost nightly. It's a beautiful ballpark. Yet you can't get it mm-hmm. straight because your ownership's, in, you know, is completely. It's just completely nuts. As far as uh, right. Mount Castle, I, I like him. Uh, I don't. I don't think he's a. Like I, said, I don't think he's a top prospect in baseball. I don't, I don't think he's mm-hmm. a top prospect for the uh, Baltimore Orioles. 
you know, I think they have better prospects, but he is a prospect, someone who can play. So to answer mm-hmm. your question, in any other organization, you're right. They may not have felt the need to protect him for that sixth year. They may have called him up already because mm-hmm. he's not a superstar waiting to happen where you have to have and make sure you keep him for as long as possible. But the Orioles, I don't think, think that way. They think they have mm-hmm. to keep everybody for as long as possible, and that's why I would be, I'd be surprised if we saw him before September. Right. Uh, I was you know, reading around. Obviously, we do research ahead of the show, uh, and I kind of alluded to the Marlins with uh, Matty Moe. Um, Isan Diaz considered their second baseman of the future. The guy is batting 293, has 20 home runs and 54 runs batted in. Uh, Marlins, you know, they, they called up Zach Galen. So uh, it seems they don't, maybe they don't play this uh, service time kind of deal. Do you think that they would uh, bring up uh, Isan Diaz uh, before season's over? Well, probably. <laughs> I don't think we'll know anything about what they'll do until uh, the trade deadline. Listen, they would love to move mm-hmm. Castro, but no, no one wants him. Uh, I mean, if you're the Marlins, you're a couple of years away. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's really no reason to bring anybody up. I mean, they just isn't. Right. You're not. Isan is not someone who's going to draw fans. If that's what you're looking for, to make to make get money. You know, uh, he was traded in the, uh, the Christian Yellow deal, so he is someone that came over from Milwaukee. You know, which mm-hmm. is nice. But once again, you're not talking about a super stud here. Yeah, he's not that kind of player. He's having a nice season, betting 289, 20 home runs, 54 RBIs of a triple A New Orleans. I think he can help the team, sure. But if I'm Derek Jeter, and I, you always wonder when a former player like Jeter, he's the GM, does he go by the same rules of not calling people up, you know, playing the service time game? Or because he's a former player, he leans more towards the player. Hey, you can play, you play, you're the best player, you play. That sort of thing. So I'm mm-hmm. curious. But in the end, I think once again, unless they are able to trade some of these guys at the deadline and open up spots, no, I don't think you'll see him because there's just no reason to. I, I don't think Diaz is going to be a fan drawer where all about everybody wants to go see him and it's great. I don't think that's going to happen. And you're not going to win anymore. You're not going to get the playoff spot because you called up Diaz. I think next he'll be in contention next year to make the team out of spring training. But you might see him in September like we do so many prospects for a cup of coffee. Hmm. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, uh, uh, Jeter being a GM, but don't don't forget he's also part owner. So, uh, you know, he's worried about his pockets uh, as well. So, uh, you know, we'll see. Um, yeah, I mentioned Zach uh, Galen. 4.5 ERA so far. Uh, last start, just pitched two innings against the Nationals. So, kind of getting off to a little bit of a slow start so far. 16 Ks in 12 innings. Okay, we've got something to work with here. All right, we're going to switch gears, talk a little fantasy football, uh, some more running back ADPs when we come back. You listen to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Talk some football. We talk some baseball. Let's switch gears and talk some football again. And uh, we're going to talk some uh, running backs. You got Joe Galina, George Kurtz, uh, producer extraordinaire Sean Angle, helping to steer the ship, producing our show, uh, doing a great job as always. But uh, so uh, George, you know, from just. Like having discussions with people in the industry and just in general, just, you know, we're getting ramped up uh, for the fantasy football season. Uh, it seems to be the consensus that uh, this is not the season to uh, try the zero running back strategy. 
Uh, like I said, I don't know if I would ever try the zero running back strategy. <laughs> it just ends up that way, right? I mean, uh, I could see, once again, if I had the 11th pick in a, in a regular draft, not the uh, not the Scott Fishbowl, but a regular draft, I could see where, <laughs> all right, oh, my God, the first 10 picks were running backs. God, mm-hmm. uh, I got to take DeAndre Hopkins. Right, I go Don Hopkins, then you know uh, maybe another running back or two goes after that. All of a sudden, oh God, do I want, you know, do I want Todd Gurley or do I want to just go take Travis Kelsey or take uh, Don, mm-hmm. Devonta Adams? Yeah, I can see where that could happen. I, I I can absolutely see a scenario where I end up going, you know, wide receiver, tight end, or tight end wide receiver, and not getting running back in the first two rounds. I think it would be unlikely, but I can see it if things fall mm-hmm. a certain way. But I wouldn't go into a draft going, oh, I'm not taking a running back. No, no. I, I got the night mm-hmm. take, I'm not taking a running back. I'm taking Devon. You know, I wouldn't do that. No, I would not. Uh, so it's weird. I mean, Barkley, Elliott, McCaffrey, Kamara, Bell, Gordon, David Johnson. You know, those. I want, I'd really like one of those top seven. You know, I'd be very mm-hmm. happy with that as my uh, running back one. And then you get to the uh, the Connor, Mixon, Cook, Gurley, Fournette is probably the next grouping there. Uh, and then you get to you know guys who will have bigger problems. Actually, I might put Chubb in that group as well. Uh, they just just mm-hmm. so that Josh Jacobs may miss the opening of training camp for the Oakland Raiders. I uh, didn't see why, but he might be out for a little bit. Although they don't think it's anything mm. serious. I mentioned Freeman. I, I like Freeman. I really do, Joe. But he gets hurt. I mean, what's his over under mm-hmm. on games? Eleven, eleven and a half. You know, somewhere around there. So it's tough to trust him. And you know, you got guys like Derrick Henry. Can he do it again? Marlon Mack. Can he be the every down back and the goal line guy? Carry on Johnson. When you already got Patricia saying he's going to go with 18 other backs as a committee, uh, which is frustrating. <laughs> Green Bay has the committee. Do we trust Damian Williams? You know, especially if Tyreek Hill spent it four, six, eight games. Uh, can Williams do it again? Uh, pretty much a nobody. But Miami all of a sudden busted out with, with uh, KC. I don't know if I trust that. Mm. Uh, Sony Michelle, you know, backing on Belichick and uh, McDaniel's two years in a row, dangerous. So uh, there's a lot going on here at running back, which is why it, uh, it's always intriguing about guys who pass up on them. Right, right. Uh, and just to give you a little feedback on that Josh Jacobs news that you had, supposedly it's a contract issue uh, that uh, Josh Jacobs is having with the Raiders, and there is concern that he might not uh, show up to camp when uh, rookies report on a July 23rd. So uh, let me ask you about Josh Jacobs because, uh, you know, in that mock that uh, we discussed that I did uh, earlier last week, I uh, ended up uh, taking him uh, as my as my running back one, uh, two, I'm sorry, in the fourth round. Any concerns with Josh Jacobs in terms of uh, the fact that uh, throughout in his college career, 85 carries, 46 carries, 120 carries. Uh, any concerns that, that, you know, he by the end of the season, he, uh, you know, might have some issues? Well, I mean, you always worry about the rookie wall. You know, as mentioned, mm-hmm. college, uh, they only play they only play a lot of games in college, and you only got to play 16 in the pros. So I guess, sure, but we could say this about everybody, mm-hmm. right? I don't think he's been abused. You know, what's he got? 100, uh, 251, uh, 255? No, 251. 251 mm-hmm. carries. Well, I'm saying maybe he doesn't have years, enough. So. And, 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 you oh, know, no, that, that's not a problem. At all. I, okay. I kind of like the fact that he doesn't have a, a lot. You don't want him to have 500 carries, right? He's been banged right. up. So uh, he is young. I mean, he's only mm-hmm. 20 years old. You know, so 21. So he just turned 21 this year. So he's young. Okay. But uh, I'm not worried about that, no. I would worry if he misses out on camp, sure, because. Or most of camp, oh, yeah. or part of camp, because there's really only two things for a running back to do. Can you hit the hole, which I assume he can? Mm-hmm. Can you pick up the blitz? And if you're mm-hmm. missing camp time, well, then picking up the blitz could be a problem. And now maybe the mm-hmm. early part of the season, you know, you're spending on that rather than in in the game at running back. So that would concern me somewhat. Uh, that being said, he's a running back too for me. That's where you got him, and that's where most people are going to get him. I don't have any issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so just to take a look at this this mock uh, again we have ryan hallam uh, from fighting chance fantasy his first two picks and he picked from the eighth slot he went deandre hopkins and Devonte adams then went zach ertz and uh, then went sony michelle now uh, you, you mentioned sony michelle uh any confidence uh, how confident are you in in sony michelle because I, I was thinking about it i said you know especially in a ppr format I think I'd rather have James White over Sony Michelle. And don't get me wrong, Michelle had a really good season uh, last year. 
had a little bit of a knee scope done, but I don't think that's anything to be worried about in terms of his health. But uh, when you look at James White, when you just take a look at the, the Patriots offense in general, right? Uh, to me, there are three constants in the Patriots offense now that Gronk is gone. you got, obviously, Tom Brady, who, in my opinion, you don't want as your QB1. Uh, but uh, then you got Julian Edelman, who's good for 80 to 100 receptions. And the other constant, in my opinion, is James White. You know, he had the uh, seventh highest average uh, fantasy points per game in PPR formats. I, I think I'd rather, believe it or not, and, and, and you get James White a little later. I think I'd rather have White over Michelle. Depending how much later you get him, I would probably agree with you. I guess if mm-hmm. I'm going to play uh, devil's advocate here, I might point out that a lot of White's value, and he was great last year, was when Michelle was out, when they could only use mm-hmm. him. Okay, uh, that's Michelle a good point. Is more, <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, uh, but that's, that's what I mean by where where does White go. If we're talking three rounds later, I'd mm-hmm. rather have White. You know, because I, mm-hmm. I don't trust Michelle either, is where I'm going with here. When you look at how it's Ryan's draft, and this is why uh, this is what I like to look at. The, and this, was, this is also why I know these mocks don't mean anything in the Scott Fishbowl. Because the draft mm-hmm. actually worked out for him. It worked out very well because quarterbacks didn't go. So he was mm-hmm. able to take two uh, wide receivers early, which I probably still wouldn't have done, but I see why he did it. I just think I would have taken uh, David Johnson over Hopkins. I think Hopkins mm-hmm. comes to me if David Johnson – if uh, if the – I don't know, the real big rig – if the real big rig would have taken Johnson instead of Gurley, then I have no problem with Ryan mm-hmm. taking Hopkins because that, that all the seven, top seven running backs went, fine. you got to take the top wide receiver. That's, that's, that's how I would have it. Devontae Adams in the second mm-hmm. round, there was no other uh, running back to take if he didn't like Nick Chubb. You know, I think I probably still would have gone Chubb there, but I get it. Devontae Adams, Hopkins and Adams are on my one, too, so I get it. Mm-hmm. Zach Ertz, uh, pick three, you get the top tight end there, and once again, running backs are pretty much done at this point. Then he gets Michelle and Lindsey, which is not bad for, for your, your top no, two running backs. No, not terrible. It's yeah. not good, but mm-hmm. it's not bad. It's not bad. I can live with mm-hmm. that. Uh, and he ends up right. getting Breeze and Goff. Because quarterbacks didn't go, didn't fly off the board in this draft. He ends up getting Breeze and Goff. And well, that's a solid one-two in a Superflex. It's not mm-hmm. great, but it's a solid one-two. We might have been okay with it. So I think the draft fell, fell to him the right way. The problem is, once again, if you get one of these leagues where quarterbacks are flying off the board, he does the same thing. Well, then all of a sudden his quarterbacks are Josh Allen and you know Kirk Cousins. And that's not as mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. You know, then you have right. a problem there, a quarterback in a six-point for a touchdown pass league. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so I'm looking at yeah, good points. Good points. So I'm I'm looking at the NFBC ADP. You got uh, Michelle as the 21st running back coming off the board. Uh, White the 25th, and it's basically uh, just about you get White maybe around later. So it's uh, you know uh, Michelle is uh, 43rd overall. So in a in a what's that? That puts him in a fourth round in a 12 team league. And then White is uh, 53, so that's, uh, you know, what was that, the fifth round for him. So, uh, but uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, and, and you, do you agree with me that uh, Brady basically uh, in a one-quarterback league? No, right? Oh, no, I agree. Yeah, I think you, you can make mm-hmm. an argument. I don't want Breeze in a one-quarterback league either. I think he's uh, regressing as well. Once again, age. They're, they're both mm-hmm. obviously they're both Hall of Famers. They're both great quarterbacks, but age has yeah. caught up with them. And you know, with the Patriots, there's not much there other than Edelman to throw to. Uh, maybe you know, Harry mm-hmm. ends up being something. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe it takes a year for him to be something. I don't know. Nobody knows. Mm-hmm. So uh, as a, I'll, I'll take Brady as a second quarter, as a quarterback two, no problem. But as a quarterback mm-hmm. one, no, let him be someone else's problem. Right. So talking about these these second and third round running backs, uh, where do you stand with uh, Damian Williams? If you had the choice, uh, like in this draft, where uh, Williams, Chubb, and Mack ended up the second round, of those three, well, rank them for me, but, you know, of those three, if you had those, those choices there. Uh, Chubb, Williams, Mack. That's the way I have it. Uh, once again, when it comes to Chubb, I get it. You're worried about Kareem Hunt in remote week nine. I get that. But I'll say it again. If, if Chubb is playing well, they're not going away from him. They're just not. He's a damn mm-hmm. good back. And we know the passing game's going to be good. May, Mayfield, Landry, uh, Najoku, uh, Beckham's there. The running game's going to be an afterthought for teams. They're going to be worried about the big plays mm-hmm. out of the passing game. So I, I like what Chubb's going to do here. Marlon Mack, it's all about, uh, they have some other cooks in the kitchen there. Is he going to be the goal line guy all the time? I don't think so. You know, I, I like Marlon Mack, I do, but I don't, I, he's not built to be an every-down back. 
you know, to be able to do mm-hmm. everything you can back. So that's some concern there. Now, Damian Williams. This was a nobody with Miami, right? It's just another back. <laughs> that's all he was. And now all of a sudden he's in the offense in Kansas City. He plays very well. You know, teams have had a chance now to see him. He's not Kareem Hunt. He's not that, uh, that kind of back. Tariq Hill is going to be, going to be suspended. It's a matter of how many games. Four, six, eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to hurt because now you can pay more attention to the passing game. There's no speed now. You know, Sammy Watkins has proven over and over again that he can't be a wide receiver one. You know, so I think it's going to hurt right. the entire Health-wise Kansas City offense well. here. Mm-hmm. Right. He doesn't mm-hmm. stay healthy either. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I have uh, Williams as, as a running back two. You know, and I don't mind getting him as a running back two. But uh, I know some people are very high on things. going to be a top eight back. I can't see that. It could happen, of course. There'll be injuries to backs. When guys move up. Maybe he stays healthy for all 16 games. But I don't think this is a great back. I just think he's playing in a great system. You know, which was a certainly mm-hmm. help. But if I, if Tyreek Hill wasn't going to be suspended, I'd feel much better about Williams than I do. Yeah. Uh, just to give you a little color, Damian Williams in the last five weeks of last season in PPR leagues uh, ended up as the uh, number five uh, in terms of uh, points, fantasy points per game. So he did come on late last season, so I think that's you know it's just a recency bias in, in a way, right? So, uh, but uh, you also mentioned uh, you, have to, you wanted to say something. No, I'm good. Uh, okay, um, wasn't me earlier. You had mentioned well, it wasn't you. Okay, <laughs> must have been my call waiting, right? Remember call waiting. <laughs> I do have a call. Uh, we still get it on our, uh, our, our our smartphones, right? Every now and then you get a call waiting there. Mm-hmm. Do you want to hold the call, mm-hmm. hold and accept, end and accept? <laughs> so many options right, right. nowadays. Rather than just do I want do I want to take the damn call or not? Mm. Uh, My mom got a smartphone. By the way. That was fun. Oh, did she? Oh, that's awesome. So she's going to be uh, uh, texting and then sending you photos and all this good stuff. My wife had to go. Had to teach us how to answer a phone call. Because my, my mom, for some reason, kept hitting the red button. You know, she kept hitting mm-hmm. the red button to answer so the call rather than the green, <laughs> the green one. So she, she was right. hanging up on people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Um, so we've talked about you being a conservative uh, drafter like myself. Uh, what would it take to get a, a Leonard Fournette on your team? Where would he have to fall? Bring back uh, well, Jackson. I mean, he's still, a, he's still a top 12, 14 back. So it's, not like, you know, mm-hmm. it's a running back. I mean, listen, they can be mass murderers. Mm-hmm. I still got to draft these guys. I have no choice. Mm-hmm. There just aren't enough of them out there. Uh, now, that being said, in a uh, heavy dynasty league I played in, I drafted the uh, rookie running back they, uh, they drafted in, in the NFL draft because I, I was wondering if Fournette was even going to come back You know, at that point or they would uh, try and deal him because of all the issues he's had. And what a, uh, he's, been, he's proven to be a problem both on the field, can't stay healthy, and off the field right, with his uh, attitude. Mm-hmm. Ticked off the team list. You start the fight in Buffalo. It's he's been kind of ridiculous. Uh, that being said, uh, he's a running back too. Yeah, that's where I want him. You talk the same thing round four, round five ish, uh, maybe even round three, mm-hmm. depending if, uh, if running backs are flying off the board. We need these guys, Joe. There aren't enough of them to go around. He is a starting running back right now. The Jacksonville Jaguars offense mm-hmm. should be better with Nick Foles at the helm rather than Blake Bortles, right? I mean, th- these are all true things. Am I going to tell you that Fournette's going to have a great year? You're going to stay healthy for 16 games? No. I'd probably put the over-under on him about 12 games staying healthy. So you're going to miss four games somewhere. He gets hurt every year. Mm-hmm. I don't think this will be any different. Uh, I think if he was more mature, you'd say he has something to prove here. But I don't know if he thinks that way. You know, if he, or if he cares. Right. You know, and this is, uh, in some ways, this might be the last hurrah for this Jacksonville team. You know, Jalen Ramsey wants to be a new contract. Fournette may be gone if he doesn't produce here. Uh, we'll see what happens Two here. Minutes. I'm not high on Fournette, but as a running back, too, I'm not avoiding him either. There you go. There you go. Uh, in the last couple minutes, talk to me about Kenyon Drake. 53 receptions uh, last season. Uh, in my opinion, Adam Gase just did, didn't use him correctly. Uh, still just 24, 25 years old uh, entering this season. Let's see. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Kenyon Drake? Would you be okay having him as your RB2 in a PPR league? Probably. I mean, uh, it would not be the way I drew it up. You know, it would mean mm-hmm. I, I missed out on some other guys because that Miami team could be very, very bad. And if they're very, very bad, they're not doing much running in the second half. So you better hope he's catching the ball out of the backfield. All right, right, right. Be, you're uh, hoping 70, 70 receptions or so. <laughs> yeah, you, you need the receptions. You want, mm-hmm. uh, what, four or five receptions a game. You know, get get his yardage mm-hmm. that way. 
which can be tough uh, to get. I do agree with you about Gase. I don't think he used him correctly last year. I think Drake is a player. Uh, I don't think he's anything special, mm-hmm. mind you, but he's a player, a guy you can use here. I, like I said, I have a low-end low RB2, not somebody I want in a standard mm-hmm. league if people still play in those, only uh, oh, only yeah. a PPR no, league. No. I don't, I don't, yeah, touchdowns mm-hmm. are going to be tough to come by. He's not going get, to get a ton mm-hmm. of those. Uh, I have him up there with guys you know, in the same uh, ilk as uh, the Aaron Jones, who I mentioned earlier, Chris Carson, uh, Mark Ingram, mm-hmm. um, Tariq Cohen, although Cohen is somebody I keep moving around. I can't get comfortable with him yet. Uh, Lamar Miller, guys like that. Yeah, and uh, we're going to be heading over for a commercial now, but you mentioned Lamar Miller. Let's talk about him and Deontay Foreman. Had a conversation uh, with someone about Foreman. Uh, people tend to get excited about him. And I just read an article where he's pretty good. I don't know, lots of expected from him. But we'll finish off the show. Weekend Fantasy Update. Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Update. Joe Glenn George Kurtz and uh, Sean Angle, the Fantasy Prince. George dancing around his uh, home studio. That's why he's not saying anything. Just just moving with a uh, little classic disco. Yeah, there's no chance I'm dancing around uh, my home studio <laughs> at all. <laughs> We could dream. We could, you know, it'd be fun, fun to imagine. Oh yeah! Just got a notification that the Entenmann's. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Was gonna say that. Just got a notification, George, that the Entenmann's bakery, like one of these outlets here, is is going out of shutting it down. So, not really a big cake eater, but uh, it could be like an Entenmann's pound cake, a nice, you know, fresh one. I could probably just eat the whole thing by myself, but I'm more a salty kind of snack guy than than a, a, a sweet kind of guy. I don't know about you. I was never a big Entenmann's guy. Uh, th- that little box of cookies they used to have back in the day, those were good. I could definitely do a box <laughs> of those. But I uh, mm-hmm. I think I grew out of those after a while anyway. But uh, as far as the cakes and stuff, well, no, you, you I mean, grew out of your pants because you're eating so many freaking cookies. That's what happened. <laughs> I might have had a uh, slice or so, but uh, <laughs> nothing, uh, nothing big on the on the cakes. No, I was. I think I'm more of a Drake's guy. I like the uh, the, the Corby cakes. I was always uh, partial to. You like ice cream? Of course, I like ice cream. Yeah. You see that video of uh, uh, this seventy uh, year old uh, woman in uh, Texas at a Walmart, where uh, I think her boyfriend videotaped her uh, licking. A carton. Yeah, I, I didn't see the video, but I heard, I heard the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Screwed up, Please, screwed up people in the world, man. <laughs> so just make sure that you know if you open anything, that the the plastic covering is still on it. You know, I ended up buying a a, a, a jar of nuts at a Target, and then when I got home, uh, you know, someone <laughs> opened it already, and I guess taken some and and put it back on the shelf. So you really got to be careful when you when you're shopping for food and uh, supermarkets and wherever. But uh, believe it or not, if she was a, a, an, an adult, she would have been uh, eligible to receive like a 20-year uh, punishment for the crime. But she's a juvenile, so we'll see what happens. But jackass, that's all I can say. So, all right, let's uh, – so we got uh, George and Cam Stewart coming up uh, right after this show with weekend wagers. Stay tuned for that. George and I will be back tomorrow, Weekend Fantasy Update, 9 a.m., 
on Sunday. So uh, hope to uh, have you back with us, uh, spend another part of your weekend with us. So we've been talking a little fantasy football and uh, running backs. And George, what's the story? Where, where do you stand with uh, Deonta Foreman? Uh, because I was having a conversation with somebody, and they're excited about the prospect of Deonta Foreman, uh, and it just seems that we have this conversation every year with Deonta Foreman. Uh, you know, the Deonta Foreman-Lamar Miller debate for the Texans. Uh, nobody gives uh, Lamar Miller any respect. Where do you stand with this? Uh, supposedly, uh, Deonta Foreman is ready to take this job. Well, he's coming off the Achilles, right? I mean, uh, maybe a year early on uh, for him because I had him last year. I really thought he would get the job last mm-hmm. year. Then he suffered the Achilles, and that was the end of that. Well, I don't think Lamar Miller mm-hmm. is anything special. I don't. I thought the uh, – I almost mm-hmm. said the Houston Astros. Uh, I thought the mm-hmm. Houston Texans made a mistake in not upgrading that position during the draft. Or I should say during mm-hmm. the uh, free agency period. I want them to be bidders off for Le'Veon Bell. I thought that would be the final piece of that puzzle. You know, Bell, Watson, Hopkins, Will Fuller, I would have liked to have seen uh, what that – uh, what the damage they could have done. The offensive line is better, but not far from great. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, if you're asking me, if I draft Miller, yeah, I'm looking to get Foreman. You know, I am later mm-hmm. on in my draft. And even if I, uh, you know, when it comes to handcuffs, I don't necessarily draft handcuffs, Joe. I just draft the next best running back. And what I mean is that even mm-hmm. if I don't have Lamar Miller, it doesn't mean I'm shying away from Foreman. I think Foreman's going to play. I do. I don't know how great he's going to be. I don't think he's, he's anything special either, but I'm going to be looking to draft him later in my draft. So if we're in a draft together and you got Miller and you think you're getting Foreman late, you better hope I don't get him before you, you do. Because we're all, we all take shots at, uh, at backup running backs. You're forward. There's so many injuries, not enough running backs to go around. We're hoping to hit a dart. We're hoping to hit a bullseye, right? And uh, Foreman, mm-hmm. I think, could be one of those bullseye guys. So, yeah, I'm looking to grab him. Miller starts the season, but I think Foreman does eat into his carries. Yeah, and you're looking uh, at Lamar Miller as, according to NFBC, number 32 in terms of ADP, and uh, Foreman, number 45. So Foreman, you get him probably in the, uh, it looks like in the 11th round of a typical 12-team league. And uh, with uh, Miller, you're looking at, I don't know, so you're talking maybe 7th round. Um by the seventh round, if you take Miller, he's going to probably be what you're at least your third, maybe maybe your fourth running back. I'm talking about you personally, because uh, I mean you're not happy with Miller as your RB two, right? No, no, things went wrong if I have Miller mm-hmm. as my RB two. Things didn't go the way yeah. I planned at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So of that uh, that elk, what, what do we talk uh, about, uh, Derek Henry? What are we expecting from Derrick Henry? You know, obviously finished off the season very strong. Deion Lewis still there for the Titans. Uh, would you be happy with Derrick Henry as your RB2? Yeah, I would be. I think I'll take a chance that he is that back again. They're going to try and run the ball. They are. Uh, Mariota has a lot to prove this season, or else he's going to be gone from that team as well. Uh, the passing game is not prolific. They do have a good offensive line. Yeah, I'm good with Henry as my RB2. Mm-hmm. And Deion Lewis, does he have any fantasy value anymore in a PPR? Uh, well, uh, if you're a running back, you have fantasy value. He doesn't have any starting value, mm-hmm. but he's a bi-week filler, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy once again, you cover for some injuries there. And P- only in a PPR league, as you said. No, I'm not taking him in a standard. Mm-hmm. But in a PPR league, yeah, I'll, I'll still take him. But like I said, he's more of a bi-week filler injury. Uh, a guy uh, you worry about when your other running backs get injured. Mm-hmm. And you talked about Tariq Cohen earlier in terms of like you're kind of like moving him around. You're not really sure what to do with him. But according to NFBC, uh, he is the 24th running back taken off the board. David Montgomery, rookie, uh, kind of right behind him, 28th. They're basically just it seems like a, a round away from each other, right? Uh, what do you th- – I mean, is, is that the concern? Is, is the concern in terms of, you know, how much – David Montgomery could cut into Tariq Cohen's production. I mean, Tariq is more the the, the pass catching back, but he's he could do it all pretty much, right? This is what's tough for an offensive coordinator: how to uh, you know use, utilize both these guys, because Kurt, Tariq Cohen's a weapon. You get him the ball in space, he is a weapon. So you you don't want to forget about mm-hmm. him just because Montgomery's more of a traditional back there. Montgomery should be at the very least a goal line back. So that that's why his value is there where it is. I think well, what you're seeing in ADPs right now is that we don't know what to think yet. We haven't seen how they're going to use him mm-hmm. yet. But I don't. I I just I 
I, I would be shocked they just forget about how good Cohen is. And this is my Montgomery show mm-hmm. here. Right now, I would have him ranked similarly. I think they're both low-end low RB2s or RB3s. Cohen has some upside there because I think once again, he'll make dangerous plays in space. But I think there also could be games where, you know, Cohen catches three, four balls for 28 yards, you know, and gets a smattering of rushing yards, and there's nothing happened. It was a Montgomery game, mm-hmm. you know, because he Montgomery carries the ball for 18 times, 92 yards, and two touchdowns. I think that that could happen there. I think Montgomery's your safer play, but Cohen's your upside guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I keep on referencing these NFBC ADPs. So you have Cohen, 24, James White, who we spoke about before, 25, and we also spoke about Kenya Drake at 26. Of those three, uh, and they go right in the same round, according to NFBC ADP, who do you like uh, the most out of uh, Cohen, White, and Drake? Cohen, White, and Drake. Um I'm probably going to it's, – it's very close, by the way. Once again, this is one where mm-hmm. I wouldn't argue with anybody putting him in any order. But I think I'm going to take Drake first here, uh, I think. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. I, I said I, I, could go, I, can, I'm, I can change my mind here quite – I'm sure during when I do my rankings, I'll be changing my mind <laughs> quite often about these guys. Uh-huh. Uh, Drake, the only, my only biggest worry about Drake is definitely the second half not running because they're, they're a terrible team. Uh, White mm-hmm. – it's, I always have to think about playing the New England guessing game here. And Michelle is healthy there. Although I keep thinking back in my head now that you know it's going Brady's going to have to throw to him an awful lot. It's going to be the, the White yes. Edelman show again because there's no one else to mm-hmm. throw to there. So may, I, I may have to rethink this again. And then uh, mm-hmm. Tariq Cohen. It, it's between Drake and uh, and White for me. And now I, I think I'm going to redo. I'm going to go White Drake Cohen. Yeah, I think I would go White number one. Uh, and I'd probably go Drake and then Cohen, and that's exactly what you said, right? So uh, they're very close, right? They Especially are close. They are early. close. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, I said, it's the th- with White, it definitely comes down to there's no one else there. In PPR leagues, he's going to have to throw to Edelman and White short, keep those chains moving, mm-hmm. at least until uh, you know, Harry proves himself to be able to get uh, be a deep threat there. So uh, I have them all... Low end, once again, low end RB twos, RB threes, but uh, give me White for now. Something else you could point out: White is. I know we we're not worried about the knee injury to Michelle last year, but he did get hurt. <laughs> you know, it's already one injury, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, never a good thing. Maybe yeah. he goes down again. Yeah. Speaking of uh, a running back that got hurt, and I know it hurt you personally because we were doing shows together. What about uh, Darius Geis? Uh, Redskins oh. running back. <laughs> I know you had him all over the place last year. Uh, I and, did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that, he's uh, 29 in terms of, no, uh, going back to the well again, number 29 NFBC ADP for this season. It's going to be tougher to go back to the well with him this season. He's healthy. Now he's, he's going to be fully mm-hmm. healthy for training camp. So that's not the issue, but they brought back Adrian Peterson. That's mm. problem one, and I did. Who says he's going to rush for no two thousand yards or something, right? <laughs> yeah, good, good luck to you there. Uh, but of course, that's not, not going to happen. But he's there, which he's going to get mm-hmm. touches. He's going to get play. He, he, it was going to be a 50-50 split, sixty forty. I don't know. Nobody knows. You know, do I think guys is probably the better player right now? I do. But Adrian Peterson is there. They also drafted Bryce Love. Mm-hmm. Another running back who you know mm-hmm. fell to them in the draft. They still have Chris Thompson, who's back from injury, be the pass catching back. It's hard to see the like for guys here to have a big season. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just it's very hard for me to see it here. Where I, I want to go out and grab him and I want to start him. To let you know a decision I'm wrestling with. Now, you mentioned uh, I drafted him last year. That was in my home. Uh, mm-hmm. I took him in a couple of places, but in my home league, it's a keeper league. We're allowed to keep three right. players drafted after the third round. You lose the pick. So that's how that works. Uh, the rule of threes, which is uh, what a lot of leagues I play in are. You keep three players drafted after the third round for a max of three years. And now in this league, mm-hmm. the two, uh, this league is a super flex league. So I'm keeping uh, James Winston. Yeah, it's an easy choice. You, know, you keep all your quarterbacks. He's drafted in the eighth round. And now I look at my other keepers here. And Geis I drafted in round 12. Great value. But do I keep him over somebody? I'm keeping Evan Ingram. I got everything with like round mm-hmm. 17. So now my choice yep. comes down to, do I, I said, Geis in round 12. You know, is that good enough? How about Michael Gallup on the Cowboys in round 17? I have an ace in Travis Kelsey, but it's round four, which sounds like great value, but remember, mm-hmm. it's Superflex League. 
At best, he would go yeah, round three. Yeah. I'm only getting one round value there. I'm not getting great value at all. Mm-hmm. I have Emmanuel Sanders in round seven coming off the Achilles. So, you know, it, it's really because either Geis, Gallup, or do I want the best player in Kelsey in round four? And uh, mm. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. And, and I'm disappointed because when I took Geis last year, I believe in this league when I took Geis, I already knew about the injury. I took him knowing mm-hmm. full well he wasn't going to play next year, put him on uh, my IR, and I, I just ate the pick last year, thinking, oh, I'll have a great t- round 12 keeper next year. That was my thoughts there. Uh, obviously, now I'm, I'm, that may not work out for me because even though it's round 12, mm-hmm. it's like I said, fantastic value. But he's not going to play full time. He's going to play half the time. Am I really taking him for next year? You know, hoping my, my last year of keeper eligibility, that's when he has the good year, and his third year because of Thompson, because of Adrian Peterson, because of Love. It's hard to like guys right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you leaning one way or the other in, you, in this little dilemma here? Yeah, this is a strange league. Uh, I, I finished second in the, in the last year, so I have the 11th pick in the first round. Uh, keeping Winston's a bonus for me because, as I said, it's a heavy uh, quarterback league, super flex. So I uh, have one quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's going to be my quarterback, too. Uh, Kelsey's the problem. Do I keep Kelsey in round four? Since I finished second, that's my good pick, which means I'd be keeping mm-hmm. Kelsey at 36, 30, 38th overall. There's not much value there. He's the best, right. the best player by far that I can keep. I mean, there's no doubt he's the best player by far. He's a first-round pick in some leagues. But in this league, I, I'm probably only getting a bump of a round, maybe a round you and a half. Is that nice. worth it for me? And that's, the, uh, that's what you have to uh, – you know, what you have to play with these keeper leagues. Value. Do you want the mm-hmm. best player or the best value? You know, and uh, right, I'll right. wrestle with that. Uh, the, the, my draft in mm-hmm. this league is not until uh, late August or September. We haven't even said it yet. So I've got plenty of time. But, you know, it comes down mm-hmm. to do you want value or the best player? And right now I am probably leaning towards keeping Kelsey because I think he, uh, he's just too good to pass up there. But uh, I could easily change my mind. I know I'm keeping Winston in round uh, eight. I know I'm keeping Evan Ingram in round 17. Those are easy choices for me. Uh, the third one is likely to come down to being Geis in round 12. And I'll see him in camp. We'll see how they're working things out. Maybe he looks so good I can't pass him up. Or do I just take the best player in Kelsey? Hey, maybe one gets hurt and solves that problem for me. There you go. You know that that's what happened last year with the guys, even before uh, any games were, were played, right? And the in the preseason, guys went down. Yeah, you and we'll, we'll see that again this year, of course. <laughs> no, we, we Somebody, don't. It's going to happen to someone. Unfortunately, it's going to yeah, happen yeah. more than one. There'll be a few. We mm-hmm. see it every year, right? Guys go down, and you're going to see fantasy owners mm-hmm. and, you know, get all ticked off. Guys was my guy. So I think I drafted him in two leagues last year, not including this one, before he got hurt. So I was counting on him. Mm-hmm. I mentioned this one. I wasn't counting on him. So uh, it's disheartening. You know, when uh, yeah, listen, we're doing a Scott Fishbowl on Monday. We're going to have guys go down yeah. all over the place before the season oh my starts. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Cross my fingers I don't make the wrong choice. But uh, at pick number six, are you okay with what I did with Melvin Gordon? Or would you you sound like you're a David Johnson kind of guy? I I think I'm not taking Johnson over, but I'm okay with Gordon. If you were to tell me that on Monday my first two picks are uh, Gordon and Luck, I'm very happy. Very happy if I get those two. I won't because Gordon's not going to fall to 11. Ten seconds. All right. Good talking to you, George. Great job from Sean Angle, the Fantasy Prince. Weekend wagers coming up. Cam Stewart and George Kurtz. See you tomorrow.